0: Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Welcome back to Terra Talks. It's Jessica Gittins and Rosie McCartney here again. Hello. Hi, Rosie. We did one podcast before about buying property as a millennial in Barbados, so this is our second segment today and we are going to start off with some tips.
1: So Rosie, are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. So we're just going to do quick and dirty. I'm not going to keep you all listening for a whole hour, so we're just going to go straight into it. So we want to just start off by First of all, thanking you for listening to the first one. Um, And we had some really good responses. We had a lot of good questions. A lot of people came back and wanted to start the process with us. And we did exactly what we said we were going to do. We introduced you to um, the banks. We introduced you to engineers. We introduced you to contractors. Everybody that helps the process in buying, we did that. um, And we're hoping that these podcasts do inspire you to reach out to, you know, either of us or somebody on our team um, just to get the ball rolling. So with that being said, here are some tips that you need to undertake once you've found your property and um, you want to take the next steps forward in securing your property. So Jess, what's the first one?
0: So the first tip that we're going to go with today is basically gently advising you not to lowball on your offer when you find the property that you like. Um, as Rosie likes to say, deals are agreed between 1% to 10% off the asking price. And we can confidently say that because within our firm, we track um, offer data on a month-to-month basis. So you can ask any of your Terra agents what was the offer discount rate like last month, and they can provide that to you. And it's, it's really useful, and it really goes to show what Rosie says, offers or deals are agreed within one to 10% off the asking. And sometimes what can happen is when you as a buyer go in really low with your first offer, the vendor can get a little bit turned off. And then when you come back with your second offer, they might ask us if it's the same person that they, they didn't really appreciate the first offer on. And, you know, it can, it can be, create a kind of not so great atmosphere as we try to negotiate your offer for you. So when an agent gives you advice on, on offers, offer ranges and discount, discount rates that we're seeing, um, please listen to them because it is backed by data and not by what, you know, just
1: what we feel like telling you. <laughs> That's the first tip. A little harsh, but true. I think everyone appreciates the truth. <laughs> so with that being said, we also do track year on year. Um, if we've only recently started doing this, um, maybe just over a year ago. So we're we are very data centric company and I think that's what you know clients do like about working with us is that we're not just talking for talking sake like we actually do look at the data and the data numbers don't lie math math you know what I mean so the next step that we want to do I want to give to you guys is let's say that you found a piece of land You absolutely, 100% need to ask to get test tools done before you put down your 10% deposit. It is so ill-advised to not advise someone to do test tools. If you don't get your test tools done, Jessica Gittins can tell you exactly what happens. (laughs) (laughs) But if you don't get your test tools done, honestly, you can run yourself into a nightmare later down the line if for any reason you've unfortunately found a lot that... um, the bedrock is a little bit too far down and you could sink yourself within some deep financing problems at that point
0: yeah i'm just to piggyback off of what rosie said um i love test holes i think everybody should do them i recommend all of my land purchasers to to have test holes done and that's simply because when you approach a contractor to get a quote to have your build done they are quoting you a foundation cost based on what is a quote-unquote normal foundation depth. So from the time you start going any deeper than what they deem to be normal, it's it's adding zeros to your quotation before you even start building your house. So yes, it is a co- an initial cost that y- you as a purchaser have to cover when you put in an offer on a piece of land. But it saves you thousands of dollars down the line should you, should you find out that the depth of your foundation is something like 10 feet or something. And as I like to say, it's, it's good knowledge for you as a purchaser and owner to have as well, because imagine then you, get, you have someone building your home and they're, they're, try, you know, they're trying to be a bit dishonest and telling you that foundation is actually pretty deep and they, they're going to have to add some more cost to the, to the build. And when you ask them, well, what is the depth? and they, maybe they might not tell you the truth, you have that information, you're armed with that information already, and you know the depth of your foundation because you've got your test holes done. So yes, I'm a, I'm a big believer in test holes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next tip, Rosie?
1: On another note, for if you're buying land, um, what you should ask before the sale closes is to get the land cleared. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, land can get overgrown. Um, and first of all, you want to see what you're buying, If you have a good indication of what that is, then great, but you should always ask to get your land clear before the sale closes, if possible and if doable. Um, And the last tip is you don't want to ever underestimate the importance of location. Um, I won't go into specific names and locations here, but there are some areas in Barbados that have appreciated in value due to the amenities that are so close to it. if you want to know about those locations, reach out to us. <laughs> but there's definitely um, an appreciation and value of homes that were built in the 70s and 80s in certain locations. Um, and what they are, res- their resale value right now is, you know, very admirable, to say the least. Um, and you also want to speak to your agents to find out, like, what's up and coming? So do you want to be in a, a location that may be not as um, desirable right now, but you know in the next five to ten years that, these surroundings are going to be completely developed. Um, I think it's just something that you should discuss with your agent because your location is important for a variety of reasons, but your future value should be one of the top ones for you.
0: Absolutely. And from a personal level with the location topic, you want to be realistic about things like the length of your commute and things that you want to have near to you within a certain amount of minutes. So while value is really important to consider um, for the long-term effects of your your location, you also want to think about your day-to-day life and how long you want to be sitting in traffic on a day and, and that kind of thing. So that wraps up our tips, the first segment of our podcast today. And, and for
1: ten minutes, we're doing good. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we still have your interest. Um, after that, we're gonna talk now about the mistakes that we really think that you should avoid when you are purchasing a property. Thanks to my um, Twitter followers for this suggestion. <laughs> um, I asked I asked Twitter last night what we should talk about today, and this was one of the suggestions. So, you know we're gonna we're gonna go into it. The first one is. Do not not get test holes done. If you didn't get that clear in our first segment, we're gonna touch on it again. Um, we've already explained why, but when you're purchasing a piece of land, it is just so important to get test holes done. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> What's the next mistake to avoid, Rosie?
1: Not shopping for the best mortgage rate incentives, and terms. Um, there are, as we said in the first podcast, there are a variety of financing institutions on the island and everybody is offering something different so take the time sit down with a couple of different financing institutions and get to know the ins and outs of what they offer because you could be missing out on saving money in long term for you um and it's just something that i do see a lot of people do they say oh well i spoke to one bank i'm like well why not speak to another two just to see um there are so many options for you and you literally don't know until you ask. So go out and ask. So just to
0: piggyback off of what Rosie was saying on the mortgage rates and the lending institutions, I think it's also really important when you're shopping and interviewing potential lending institutions to ask them timelines and expectations in terms of receiving your final mortgage approval. Once you have submitted all of the documentation that you're supposed to submit as a client because sometimes the clients are the ones causing the delays but once you as a client have submitted everything they should be able to let you know how long it will take them to give you final approval because sometimes it's 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 really useful for us to provide this information to a vendor because then their expectation is set and while we are navigating the initial mortgage process with the valuation and so on at least the vendor has a clear idea of when we can expect the final approval to come through, as opposed to us saying, you know, we're just waiting on an update, we're just waiting on an update. So really important question to ask when you are shopping your lending institutions. The next one that we're going to touch on is make sure that you understand your closing costs. It's a big mistake that people have where they are not quite sure what they're getting into, not quite sure all the costs associated with a sale. And it's something to really keep in mind, especially if you're getting financing, um, as we would have touched on in our other podcasts, there, there are closing costs that you have to keep in mind. So making sure that you understand these from, from early on can be really useful for you as a buyer.
1: Totally. And what we can talk about as well is from a different perspective, when we present offers to vendors, we make sure that they understand what they walk away with. So they understand, okay, we accept this offer and these are all our costs involved. So you on the flip side, if you're using financing, you should go to them and say, I want to make this offer. Please tell me all the costs involved so I know exactly what I need to have in my bank account by the time the sale closes. It's such an important step that a lot of people miss and it does get you sometimes into a sticky situation at the end of a sale. So definitely a really good mistake to avoid
0: absolutely and finally the last mistake that we're going to talk about is it's a big mistake to not do a home inspection or property inspection when you are purchasing a property and it's also a big mistake not to attend that inspection because you want to be there you want to see that they're doing a thorough job and you know, it's just useful to be present in, in in the process. There are some red flags that can come with your home ins- inspection that we're going to discuss, but I just want to see if Rosie has anything to add to the yes. home inspection.
1: So home inspections, are, I guess, is a very, you know, general term. Um, but the three things you really want to look at, um, and obviously you get more advice from an engineer or a trusted contractor, you want to look at the electrics, you want to look at the plumbing, and you want to look at the structure. Those are the three main things that you should focus on because that is, those are the big ticket items when you're doing any renovations or when you're buying a property that you want to make sure that they're up to par. Um, and if not, what are the costs involved in getting them up to scratch? Um, so another thing for our millennials, which we all love to talk about, is red flags. So <laughs> here are <laughs> some of the red flags that you want to make sure you're not ignoring when you're doing a home inspection. So the first thing is get a professional to come and do this inspection for you. Maybe you might have a friend who, you know, did a construction course, DIY. (laughs) Yeah, some (laughs) stuff maybe five years ago. Appreciate, maybe you want their input. By all means, bring them, but bring somebody that is a professional, an engineer, a contractor, anybody that you trust that is versed in their field. Bring them because whilst our eyes are only trained to pick up certain things, they are trained in this field and they'll be able to better guide you um, than we would. So we always recommend um, to bring someone that is able to do a proper and professional inspection for you that can either tell you everything on the spot or that they're gonna be able to write up a full report for you. So there's a lot of people that we can recommend for that um, and that's a step that you should not miss. So Jess. What are some things that you don't want to ignore when you're doing a home inspection?
0: It's really important not to ignore the roof. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make sure your expert contractor or engineer takes a trip up onto the roof to see what's going on up there. Um, As a buyer, it might not be the first thing that you think of, especially if it seems okay Mm -hmm. from what you can see. So just make sure that the person that you take with you is, is taking a look at the roof Um, another one that can be a big red flag in a house is signs of moisture so if you're seeing uh, signs of moisture on the walls or getting like a smell a damp smell or or anything like that um, that is something that you'd want the person that you're bringing with you to look into and give you some warnings or reassurance as to what it is or isn't Um, what about you Rosie what are you thinking
1: if you are purchasing a house um you should i mean when you definitely attend the inspection walk on all of the tiles right walk on every single tile that you need to walk on if it's an the house ask questions like when was the last termite treatment done when were the electrics upgraded has there been any work done to the plumbing get a full story of the house so that you understand everything that you could possibly understand about it um and what you also want to understand as well, when you do get that inspection done and you get the report is what are the costs involved in rectifying the issues that have been pointed out? Um, cause again, whilst you also need to understand your closing costs, which is a, you know, it's a significant amount. You need to understand also what are the costs that you need to, what, what savings do you need to have in the bank or that you need to go to the bank to ask for to get these things done. And some things again, maybe larger items that are, must do's have to happen right away and some things you can kind of chip away over time, but understanding costs yeah. as soon as possible. Understand so that you know. the costs
0: to the immediate works that you want to have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Rosie said, some things you might want to do over time, but some things might be bigger ticket items that are are important to you and that you want to have done right away. Um, just a reminder as well that houses in Barbados are sold as is so kind of what you see is what you get unless you make a special request that the vendor agrees to but generally what you see is what you get um houses are sold as is it's it's something
1: that i think people forget so you know what what you see is what you get <laughs> <laughs> and just to kind of round it off is um we want you to understand i know i keep touching based on costs in this podcast but understanding costs involved to maintain your property when you buy it and i know maybe all of this the word costs might be making you feel overwhelmed Um, (laughs) a little sick (laughs) but here's what i could sit down with you and tell you like on average what it's going to cost to maintain your property that's what we're here for um and you need to understand that because you don't want to buy a property and then you can't maintain it and then god forbid you have to sell it um your property is going to be devalued if you're not able to maintain it anymore. So understand the costs involved in maintenance and be on top of your maintenance when you get it. Because at the point of buying, you're no longer a tenant. Um, so you need to have a contingency fund for your property for any time that things go wrong.
0: Yeah, and as Rosie said, home maintenance is so important. Um, when you as a as a buyer, when you walk into a property that's not been maintained, you already know that you are getting a better price because of the fact that it's not maintained. But you have to keep in mind that going forward, hopefully you will bring it up to a good standard as the owner and continue to maintain it so that when you want to sell, it, it presents as a well-maintained home and and people appreciate that and, and want to purchase your home because of it. So
1: that kind of brings us to the end of our podcast today. Mm-hmm. And... One thing that kind of stood out to the two of us when we were talking to people recently, uh, especially people in our age group, is what are the pros and cons of renting versus buying? So, I mean, what we want to do in our next podcast is bring that up. And, you know, we're going to be talking to our clients and asking them for their input as well so that we can discuss that with you guys. But I think it's a very controversial topic anywhere in the world. And I'd be really happy to, like, listen to what everyone has to say. Um, and just kind of discuss it with Jessica and let you know our input on it as well. So, yeah. So thank you so much for listening to us again on this podcast. Um, if you wanted to reach Jessica or myself, you can find us on our Instagram handles. Jessica, what's your Instagram handle? Mine is selling Barbados. (laughs) There we go. And I am Rosie McCartney. Just, just that. So (laughs) if you want to reach out to us, we're here. We're happy to help. Um, And if you just wanted to have an initial conversation on anything that we just discussed or need any advice, that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we love doing these podcasts. So if anyone has any suggestions or topics that you really want us to speak about, we would be happy to do so. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to Terra Talks and we'll see you next time. Bye.